Yeah, so, <laughs> so the funny thing was I was hanging out with some friends and we were playing the old standby Mario Kart. And here's the weird thing, right? So they were telling me that they were, you know, being reasonable, rational, responsible adults and had decided not to fork out for the Mario Kart DLC until they had not just played through all the content in the base game, but literally 100%ed, gold medaled every single track. I didn't even know there was a gold <laughs> Mario character. I've had that game I, I for years either. and I didn't even know that existed. Mm. That is a level of dedication I am not capable of with a video game. Well, that, that, that's another question. You can finish Mario Kart? Apparently you can. <laughs> you finish Mario Kart when you're so good none of your friends will play with you anymore. Uh. <laughs> yeah, well... Unfortunately, that is the case sometimes. But anyway, hi, welcome to Indulgently Minimal. I am Moggy, and I'm joined by Jeff. Hey, guys. And Murdoch. Hello, everyone. And this week, we're going to be talking in a very relaxed way about 100%ing games and finding your own fun therein. Because with, with Mario Kart, like, that's the craziest one, though, right? That for all of like Nintendo's faults, you can still do that in Mario Kart. You can unlock content by playing the game. Who does that anymore? Ah, <laughs> yes, the good old times. You play a fighting game, you unlock the characters by continuing to beat other characters. Like, I thought that everybody moved on to the more modern way. You unlock the characters with the... You by know, buying them? Well, yeah, with the, uh, the digits of your credit card. <laughs> That's the secret code to unlock the new characters. Uh, well, there's still there's still something there with the old with the Mario Kart games. You know, you don't need to buy all the DLC tracks as long as you play with somebody that as long as the person that started the game, like online, has the DLC tracks, mm. you can play them. Nice. Well, Nintendo have always been good like that. There was there's yeah. the same with the um, Mario Kart for the DS. You know, you could one person could have the game, and then other people could like join on the little local LAN, and oh yeah, and everybody could play like for. All of Nintendo's faults, of which there are many, that is not one of them. It's it's in the opposite direction of all the controls put in place to like eliminate game sharing or game lending. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's nice when you saw pieces like that yeah. that move in the opposite direction. It's like, hey, you know, maybe your friends want to play but aren't a hundred percent completely sold on this, as opposed to you know the common scenario today. You and a bunch of friends find a new game that seems quite interesting. Everybody gets excited, everybody buys the game, plays it for about a week, and then one week later, hey, you should check out this new game. Weren't we playing that other game? Just a, 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 No? No? Mm. We're on to something new now? Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a good one, but it's a bit awkward because I think Nintendo are one of the key antagonists in the exact opposite problem created by the exact same philosophy <laughs> of games that need friends in order to complete them. Oh, well, like, was it Pokemon? Uh, Pokemon, you had to like trade some of your Pokemon in order to make them evolve. You have, you have to have a friend that has the other, other type of game, or you have to have a younger brother who doesn't really <laughs> understand the game that well, and then you trade with him, mm -hmm. and he doesn't understand why he can't complete his Pokedex. Uh, not, hey, not that that happened. Not that it that did happened. not happen. If you remember, when we, got uh, when we got Diamond and Pearl, I sat there for like four hours starting every game, like six times, so that we both had I'm all three starters. I'm talking about red and blue back when we were not, but children... <laughs> No, <laughs> I was still so coy. 
<laughs> well, that's that, that. That was it with the uh, with the Pokemon releases to this day. I think all the mainline games will have two versions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, it's designed mm-hmm. this way. They're they're guaranteeing, almost guaranteeing, two sales. Well, you can even buy them as a dual pack. Like I think yeah. with the the latest ones, you can buy like one you know one price. You get both game cartridges for this exact purpose. Mm. But no, I mean it's not just Pokemon. Like Monster Hunter. Like especially the back in the day before the like Monster Hunter World became really popular. Monster mm-hmm. Hunter was for especially the I think it was when it was on a PSP game. You needed friends and not just friends you needed real world friends with their own copy of the game their own psp and you all had to be in the same room playing the game at the same time <laughs> you know it, it, the, the way you pl- the way you put it it almost sounds like torture i have no such recollection <laughs> <laughs> it's not, i think um, it just it's just it, it feels like torture when uh, i don't know if it's like a western thing it's it's trying no, no, to get no. like you know three other friends all with the same like the same consoles and the same amount of free time on a, it's mm-hmm. the, and the D&D same niche problem. game interest it's the D&D yeah. problem it's like i can't come this week i've got a thing okay so you know that's that oh, again yeah. you you're not completely wrong there if i remember the older titles did have an issue where if it's multiplayer content it is almost always scaled for two uh, sorry no no the older titles were scaled for four people if you're entering single player it's designed for a solo you know play experience if you are a single player going into a multiplayer experience it's scaled for four people now that's not to say that it's impossible but to have, you know very near so mm. so you're right it, it is designed around having people with the same kind of time same kind of you know attention span it's uh yeah it is much well, nicer when you've got a game that scales depending on how many players are true. in the game. Like, like we moment. were recently playing, because uh, we were recently playing a, a, hor- a horrific, horrible game called Pico Park. <laughs> horrible, horrible game. And there's a thing where you're doing the thing, and there were four of us in there, and we were trying to do this thing, and it was very, very difficult. So we thought, oh, we'll get our friend to jump in, and it just made everything so much harder. <laughs> it's the uh, the From Software strategy. Summon help, let's yeah. give that boss an extra 30% of health. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Overcooked has a similar issue as well. It's like but early stages, sure, they have a weird workaround for you, you know, playing as two characters, but ultimately gets to a point where you need at least one more person. Yeah, and it's, I mean, to bring it around to what we wanted to talk about today, it's awkward when you're wanting to 100% a game. If you're of that mindset of, I would like that completion, whether it's achievement-wise or just the, you know, knowing for like yourself. Yeah. It's so frustrating when they lock content either behind like a multiplayer Oh, God, yeah. Or some arbitrary, like, with Pokemon, you know, like, oh, no, no, you have to go to this actual real-world location on this real-world date to get this Pokemon. Otherwise, good luck. Hmm. Yeah, you can, you can all get to the um, that big old tower in Tokyo next Saturday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the entire planet, fine, it'll be easy. Yeah. But, it's like, yeah, I mean, especially when you've got, like, an old game that you've been playing and you can't say if you are an achievement hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you go... And it's like, oh, there's a third of this stuff I can't get because they shut down the servers. Yep, this is great. I can never, I, I will never finish this game. It will always be a, it'll always be a stain on my career. Yeah, uh, it's well, the un, uh, it's the unfinished Netflix show of gaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you started maybe, this show. 
Sucks to be you. Mm. Maybe, maybe slightly related is also the nature in which games release these days. Like, I, I don't know if the internet has been a good thing for video games in general or not. The games seem to be releasing more and more so in, like, unfinished states. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely the attitude of we'll patch it, you know, because you've got yeah. deadlines to meet, you know, an unreleased game is losing money because it's not being sold, so it's not making money. It's a, it's I, mean, sad I also state. think, like, Hmm. In the old, in, in, in the olden times. <laughs> Back in my day. Before the internet. When a game was unreleased, or when a game was, because there were still games that were released unfinished, they were just bad games forever. and nobody played yeah, them. Yeah, they were bad forever. They were bad games forever. So whereas now you can, you know, now they can be fixed. I can fix him. <laughs> you know, it's the famous one being, you know, something like No Man's Sky, where when it came out, it was, that was a whole, that was a whole hoo-ha, you know, get your popcorn out. It was very fun to watch. Mm. Now it's a good game. It's a great game now. So they say. But, yeah, you know, if you're into that type of game, you know, there's a, you know, that's a whole other thing. Hmm. That's definitely another make your own fun conversation to have. Well, I mean, that's a fair point, really, when 100% when in games, I think that it's definitely how you have fun because that's one of the things I like about gaming over other forms of, you know, recreation is that you can definitely get a lot more bang for your buck, so to speak. Like a game may be like $60, $70 these days, mm -hmm. but you're playing that game maybe for 60 to 100 hours, depending on how, like, you know, mm. if you're playing something like Elden Ring or Horizon, like, a, you know, either of them, you can play those games for ages, trying to do every little thing they've added. Oh. And, <laughs> you know, and if that's your thing, if that's your fun, then, mm -hmm. hey, like, for the amount of money you're putting in, you're getting like, I mean, like if you get 60 hours of uh, gameplay out of a $60 game, you've paid a dollar an hour. Mm. Yeah, you, it's good. You know, if you're looking at it from that perspective, it's good value. Mm -hmm. It's very good value. Yeah. When you get single player games like, I don't know, God of War, The Last of Us, like that cost to benefit ratio changes where you may be only getting like some of these games, like only, you know, 20 hours. But if the story's good, then maybe it's still worth it for you. Like it, it really is not just like your mileage may vary, but you've got to decide what's worth it for you and how you find fun in games. Mm, very much yeah, so. Yeah, definitely. Very much so. Like that, 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 the like a dollar an hour idea Mm. for giving value to games doesn't always work out that well. It depends on the type of game, yeah, because, you know, there are certain games that, you know, you, you're not supposed to play them for. They're, they're a short, singular experience, you know, <laughs> something like, uh, you know, like What Remains of Edith Finch or something. You're only really going to play that once, maybe. Mm. <laughs> um, it, but it's a very powerful game. Metal Gear Solid 4? <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 4, you play 60 times in a row at least, sir. Hmm. Well, that's that. That seems to be. Well, you seem to have gotten your enjoyment out of it for sure. I've had my one playthrough on a borrowed disc, and I was sat there forty hours later thinking, "Hmm, that was that was a lovely experience." And checking through like the credits rolls and this and that, and it says total play time eight hours. What do you, what do you mean eight hours? Where'd the rest of the time go? <laughs> Those are interactive cutscenes. They're part of the game. Look, it's, it's worth essential. the price tag is worth it for Old Man Fight Club alone. <laughs> Old Man Fight Club on the roof. I, I pretty much. There's also a homage to that in Death Stranding as well, which is really cool. <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> There's also that weird middle ground of like, I don't know if they're still doing it. Like I don't buy as many games as I used to, but I know when that sort of mid-2010s, like 2014, 2015, when games like Bloodborne came out, hmm. ah, that's Bloodborne. definitely like a a single player game 
Swish Wish, I know From have their asynchronous thing. But you can play it through multiple times for different builds, but ultimately you're only going to have that kind of wow experience the once. Mm-hmm. But they did try to stretch out the the replayability, not just with like the different builds, but also with like the chalice dungeons. Yeah. Mm. Where they lock the platinum trophy <laughs> behind the... Oh. <laughs> I'm one, I'm one trophy away from platinum and Bloodborne. Which one's that? It's, um, well, the game's been out for how long? Seven years? If it's spoiled, it's your own fault for not playing it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> okay, a... so Bloodborne spoilers incoming. Three, two, <laughs> one... <laughs> It's the queen of Yharnam. Yeah. It's the last trophy. It's the last boss and the last chalice dungeon. You've got to go through all the chalice dungeons to get there. And I just can't get past the defiled amygdala. I can't do it. Because Ooh. talking about, you know, bringing players in only makes it more difficult. Hmm. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't help to have other players helping you. So you have to do it yourself. And I've been playing Bloodborne for a long time. And guys, I'm still not very good. <laughs> it, which it's is very difficult for me. Which is very I'm strange a... for a whole game, like a genre that's based yeah. on getting good. Well, I mean, I, I will admit when it came to the defiled Chalice Dungeons and Amygdala, not to get, you know, welcome to Bloodborne cast. But <laughs> I've yeah. always wanted to do Bloodborne cast. It's finally, it's finally happening. Hooray! My favorite build for Bloodborne, other than you know, like a Saw Cleaver build, is definitely my Arcane build because, like, when you when you're fighting the amygdalas, like your yeah, uh, Black Star Sky, go burr. <laughs> <laughs> now you know how it feels. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I mean, mm-hmm. that's uh, this is one of the things. Like, I've played Bloodborne so many times, I got so much back out of that game, and. And I don't know how many trophies I've got. For me, it's not about 100%ing it at all. I just enjoy the mechanics of that game. I just enjoy that game a lot. So, hmm. well, I mean, same for me. I found that I, I enjoyed the game very much. I love the game. Um, it's my favorite From game. But it was one of those things like I realized, oh, I'm only one platinum away from the trophy. Mm. Let's go for that. Let's you know, so I, I, yeah. I happened, I got them all just by playing the game mm. many times. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I can, I can actually, I can finally achieve something. <laughs> I can make my parents proud. <laughs> oh, oh yes, I mean, I think not to go too um, philosophically deep today, but definitely that there is like that nice thing with gaming, and I think that's one of the reasons it's so popular is that it really does sort of crystallize. Like, here are the rules. Here is success. It is achievable. Like, it's not that vague life success thing where it's like, you have achieved what you've set out to do, but are you fulfilled? It's like, no, here's a nice little windscreen. Well done. You did it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, pretty I, much. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not of the opinion that, like, you know, that, that sort of, you know, false sense of success you get in video games is n- you have people advocating against that in the sense that it is mm. dangerous. I don't think so. I think there is something good in a sense that, like, if you have a simulated environment and you find out that you can make little achievements there or, like, an, work towards, like, an overall achievement in a game, you can do it elsewhere. I, th- I think that mentality carries through. So I mm. think there is a net positive there. Yeah, I mean, there's, defi- Very there's definitely a sense of confidence it can instill, especially you know, especially in younger people. Mm. That yeah, oh, yeah. This is, you know, you can overcome challenges. Things are difficult, but there are ways around it. Mm-hmm. It's a nice. It's difficult to teach that lesson in life because life is nebulous and difficult. Life yeah. is hard. So <laughs> yeah. So actually, getting a natural, you know, just kind of getting like a simulated version of it, kind of like one of the simulated levels in the greatest game of all time, Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> which I can. <laughs> Please keep going. Is this not the Metal Gear Solid cast? <laughs> yes. Please one keep day. going. One day, Jeff. <laughs> 
Email us at indulgentlyminimal at gmail.com <laughs> if you want to hear Metal Gear cast from, from us. Well, specifically Jeff, Ten. an expert on the topic. <laughs> definitely want to look forward to if it happens. Please if you would like 10 know. hours of incoherent rambling, just play Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> hey! Hey! <laughs> All right. But yes, uh, you said, what was your point, Jeff? <laughs> what was my point? No, it's, it's, it's nice to, to have that simulated experience of this is a way of achieving success or this is a way of overcoming difficulties mm. and as Murdoch says it kind of gives you a blueprint to a degree of when you encounter things in real life you go okay I know how to do this from the, you know I had this experience albeit mm. virtually or in a video game mm -hmm. I know that there are ways around things and you can start implementing that in your own life it, you yeah. know, it gives you tool sets it gives you a bit of confidence mm -hmm. which perseverance are the it two most important things yeah yeah exactly and I also think that ironically, like even though things like 100%ing and achievement hunting can be a little, people can criticize it as meaningless. I also think that there is a nice element of in the make your own fun of working against this kind of hustle culture where something mm -hmm. could be fun because it's fun. You're not 100%ing a game because, oh, it's going to, you know, help you succeed in life. You can put it on your CV or you can stream this on Twitch and, you know, make money. No, you're doing it because it's fun. Hmm. We're not supposed to put this stuff on our resumes? No. Well, uh, depends. You if you're going to the games industry, it could be a boon. <laughs> <laughs> that explains why I was never getting hired by Greg's. Uh. <laughs> At the same time, like, you know, if you're playing, like, say, Paradox games, learning that you can enjoy yourself with your own set of rules. Like, oh, I'm going to play Crusader Kings. There is no clear win condition. The win condition is the one that you set out to achieve. And I tell you what, by playing, I've you know played a lot of Crusader Kings and, and, and Europa Universalis. Most of my understanding of uh, of medieval and you know Renaissance country layout comes from staring at those maps for hundreds of hours. <laughs> hmm. Oh, not not Assassin's it, Creed and, Two. Well, Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed Two is great. You know, <laughs> you know it's historically it's historically you know accurate. When we went to Florence, it was very much a case of been there, <laughs> mm -hmm. been there. We did jumped we off did. that. <laughs> I remember that that was actually quite fun. And one of the very first games I uh, I went out there achievement hunting in, I remember, you know, being much younger and and explicitly going through to 100% that game and chasing down all those horrible feathers. <laughs> ah, yes. I think those games have a lot to answer for for open world design philosophy. <laughs> Ubisoft has a lot to answer for. I mean, um, it's finally it's it's finally come full circle on them, and they're being you know they're being punished for it in a way. Hold on a minute. If you're talking about feathers, are we talking about a certain instrument followed by? Uh... No, in Assassin's Creed Two, you had a hundred feathers. I think it was feathers that were scattered were, around yeah, the map. Were feathers, and you had to collect them all for yeah. an achievement. Oh, never like, mind. I thought you were talking about Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> Oh, oh, the, oh, oh wow, the OG collectathon. Yeah, the, with the um, uh, you did have feathers in that, didn't you? I remember the jiggies were the jigsaw pieces were the main thing, but there was some other stuff in there as well. Oh, that's okay, a throwback. Oh, oh man, <laughs> I, I, I never, I never got, I never got around to playing it, unfortunately. <laughs> You missed out, man. That was like, oh. I, I, um, I did, I did. I, I I figured out much later in life that I was, uh, what's it called? I was, I was more of a Nintendo boy in the wrong community. I grew up mm. with a PlayStation. All my friends uh. were on PlayStation. But I always gravitated towards Nintendo-like games. That's the interesting thing because a lot of those games weren't Nintendo first party. That was Rare, who I think are an mm. American firm. 
Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, like Banjo Kazooie, Conker's Bad Fur Day, like all that era of 3D platforming was was fantastic. And yet you had a lot of that what would become open world design philosophy and 100%ing. Although Banjo Kazooie is an interesting one where I think it was impossible to 100% the first game because they had always planned on having a second game. Hmm. where like the final two jigsaw pieces would be in there. And it was that weird era of, oh yeah, we'll connect the two games and your save files will start to carry over. But the Hmm. technology and the the budgets weren't quite there. So you actually ended up with slightly unfinished games. Slightly unfinished games. Just just before we get angry emails, Rare is English apparently. Oh, Oh, Rare is English. I should have known that. I should have have known that. I I feel like I've let myself down. I've let the team down. <laughs> what 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 but one yeah, for no, Jeff? <laughs> one for Jeff. Yes, ah, for I Jeff. see you like Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like Castlevania? <laughs> How did it know? Put your controller on the ground. <gasps> it moved. <laughs> it's like, that was see, that was completely off tangent, but that was an that was again, actually actually mildly back on tangent. It's all coming round. Oh, yeah. Stay with me. No, no, that that, that, was, that was an experience. It, it, that was that was mind blowing at it, the time. It's like, it how, was how a one. It was an experience you could only get that first time, mm. and you could only get it that first time if you played it on the original PlayStation. Because mm. if you, for example, yeah. played it on. Uh, an emulator like one of us in the party did and save scum like one of us in the party did so when you get to that boss fight like one of us in the party did it turns out that you have not saved anywhere you've never used any <laughs> items so psycho mantis thinks you're a god you thinks you're a god you know thinks you're the greatest secret agents ever played mm. moggy you know what uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> do you know I remember, I know. I know what I did. (laughs) You know what you did. This is, this is the original experience as designed. You have a lot of remakes today. You have a lot of like... Uh... Remakes, remasters that may not be 100% identical to the original experience. Um, like one of the first Zelda games I played was Ocarina of Time 3D. 3D which was a very good port. Yeah, what, that wasn't nice. Uh, 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 they, but they had, it means you missed out on the original Water Temple design, which was an experience in and of itself. I, I, I hear, I hear for sure. It's like it's like you did not have that original frustrating experience. Uh, ergo, it's not you know the 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 original game as intended. But I had a lot of fun playing that game. I remember. A good three weeks of just wandering around, going from area to area. Does this thing fit here? No. Where do I go? What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> but but there's emphasis on exploration there. So I, I, oh, I enjoyed yeah. that. Well, that was what Zelda was always about. And I think that's why I will still advocate for Breath of the Wild against people who... I'm very much anti-gatekeeping. Like, your entry into the Zelda franchise is your entry into the Zelda franchise. I just love that mm-hmm. you're here. Yeah. Well, everybody... It seems to be everybody's... Everybody's favorite Zelda game tends to be the first one they played. Mm. Um, like for me, it's Wind Waker. That's the first one um, I really played and you know hundred percented. Well, the first one I played was Link's Awakening, but Ocarina <clears throat> of Time is just such a special game to me that you know mm. I'd actually even say like I like Majora's Mask more than Ocarina of Time, and Majora's mm. Mask is a great example of a game that's worth one hundred percenting, not because it gives you like little digital points, but because 
because of the little stories behind each of the masks is, in mm. my opinion, I, some of the best game design that Nintendo have done. Mm. I couldn't get into Majora's Mask the same way I did Ocarina of Time, sadly. But as, you know, a friend of mine who did go on that quest of finding all the masks <laughs> explained it to me, it's like, ah, yes, this is side quests, the game. Technically speaking, <laughs> you could finish the game very quickly from what I hear. You could. And I think that's why ultimately I do enjoy 100%ing games. But the bigger games have gotten, the more daunting that task has become and the mm. greater the risk of burnout. So, uh. like, I was working my way through, like, uh, Pokemon Arceus and I burned out before mm. I really 100%ed it. I think I caught most, if not all, of the Pokemon, but then to actually like truly complete your Pokedex, you had to complete all these little side missions. And, you know, I was really enjoying the game, but at a certain point, it's kind of like, I am done. I am bored mm. now. And I I don't remember experiencing it now. Maybe it's an age thing, like I'm no longer a child, but I also think the games have become so big that it's a different experience than it was like trying to 100% those old, you know, Nintendo games that came on a physical cartridge. Mm. It, it's a different beast. I mean, I remember I platinumed um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey because mm. I just, I, you know, I enjoyed, enjoyed the world. It was very fun. It was very pretty to run around in. I got all the trophies and I was nowhere near actually 100%ing the game. There's still so many other things to do. And it's like, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm burned out. I can't do this anymore. Mm. I don't, I, I don't want to do this mm. anymore. Uh, no, no, um, I, I, I understand. Also, like, I think there was definitely a, a, an interesting generation where achievements became a thing. Um, for a while they were like very big. I mean, that I think the Xbox really cottoned onto something that I think PlayStation never really found a match for. It's just that people's interest declined, but the mm. achievement points were, mm. it was such a clever way of doing it because with the Nintendo, sorry, with the PlayStation one, mm -hmm. you're collecting bronze trophies, silver trophies, like it's it's a number, but with the points, it was just this ever growing number next to your username. So it was very mm. hierarchical. Mm. Also, also it tapped into something very, it, whatever that part Skinner of your boxy. brain is that was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just you just wanted to make the number go up. Uh, yeah, it was it just all you just wanted to see the number go up. That's all. It, it was very 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 satisfying. Mm -hmm. Whereas whereas the platinum trophy scores, it's all a bit it's a little bit nebulous. I don't really understand how the leveling scoring system works. Mm. No, uh, and Steam well, like nobody seemed to care. <laughs> oh, Steam! No, nobody cares about Steam <laughs> achievements. <laughs> well, oh uh, no, the, the the reason why I mention achievements is because there was definitely a generation where like you know there, there were no achievements to showcase per se aside from like you know your save file like to show somebody that like ah yes i have actually completed thing you would load into your save file and show them see i have collected all a thousand <laughs> coins and you know yeah. 500 uh, gems and all of that it's like that 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 was the state of like you know achievements back then i feel like nintendo had a bit of a nod to that in breath of the wild where they mm -hmm. hit like 900 of those little Korok thingies around <laughs> Breath of the Wild and the achievement, swish wish, because Nintendo still refused to do actual achievements. Mm -hmm. Spoilers for Breath of the Wild in three, two, one. The Which achievement I kind of was a golden piece of poo. 
<laughs> like I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I should I should put a Breath of the Wild spoiler in there. Oh, I guess, there needs to be a spoiler in the, this. The series. game's been out for that long. Oh, yeah. I've been playing that game for years. I haven't got at that point. It's my own fault. <laughs> no, no, you give up at some point in the time unless you go get a guy to find out exactly where all of them are. They're hidden in some very like insidious places. Insidious? Ah, uh, yes. No, that like some some of them are in blatantly obvious places. Like, oh, okay, I wonder it's at the, what's at the top of that mountain over there. You go all the way up. It's like, oh, of course I'll find one of you guys here. Otherwise, it's you know you'd be wandering around. I wonder what's behind that crevice or like you know what's what's down at the bottom of the the the, the cliffs. It's like, ah, oh, of course I'll find you guys here. Sometimes you'd be wandering around. It's like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, it might make me a bad person, but you know when you find them underneath, when you pick up the rock and underneath the rock, you just drop it. I always drop, the, I always drop the rock. I always drop the rock back onto their head because they made that little <laughs> sound. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 think, I think that 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 was technically a joke achievement in a sense. I don't. Yeah, it was. Think... No, it was Nintendo definitely poking fun at open world design, but also having it there for you to do. It's like you want to find these things they're there mm -hmm. and i mean there was a mechanical thing to it like it unlocks your inventory mm. that's how you expanded your inventory but finding all 900 of them served no concrete purpose mm -hmm. other than i think they added just so many so that it was easy to get enough to play the game mm. if that makes sense oh yeah, yeah like they added so many it was hard not to find enough was, to was... expand your yeah, to a usable yeah, yeah, that's that, that's capacity. pretty much it. Unless there, you're like there seems to have been a sort game. of like minimum you would run into in a normal course of the game. Yeah, Breath of the Wild was an interesting experience. It's a game which I have enjoyed. I will say I got my value out of, so to speak. I haven't one hundred percented it mm. in the strictest mm. sense. I haven't one hundred percented it in the you know in 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 the uh, for the goals that I had set for myself, like I was originally looking for all the shrines. I think I'm missing about six, but I never went back to doing that. It just, it got very tedious. There's the burnout thing. Yeah, and yeah. It's also, Breath of the Wild's an interesting one, and I think it's why a couple people are worried mm -hmm. about the new one. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how I feel yet, but a lot of people are worried because I feel like the replay value of Breath of the Wild is nebulous because once you get over that initial exploration like wow this is all so new what's over there i can go there woo let's fly mm. after all of that wears off mm -hmm. the game can be a bit hollow yeah and yeah. i found like going back for a second playthrough my interest was a lot lower mm -mm. and i know that people are worried that if the same map is in the new one that it's going to impact it a bit, a bit more, more of the same. My experience with Breath of the Wild wasn't wasn't that of a completionist either. When I started out, I I just wanted to go out and explore the world, as it were. Like I took my time with it. I really took my time with it. Go around, explore the city, find out what side quests are there, move on to the next area, find out what things are like things that are completely optional. But I definitely took my time just to sort of you know add to the whole aspect of like world building. It, it it was nice. As, as soon as I had decided, okay, I've I've spent enough time dilly dallying, the time frame shrunk. Like it went from like ah, I I've been playing this game for two months, in like little bits and pieces, to okay, let's beeline it all the way to the final boss. Hmm. That 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 took three days, and that just like ripped out the remaining enjoyment I had in the game. 
And I think that's where I want to like finish today to bring today in for a landing. I think 100% in games is something where it taps into exactly what Jeff said with the Xbox points. It taps into something that's quite innate in a lot of us, that kind of skin a box, make the number go up. And mm-hmm. many of us burn out on these games and you can miss out on the the higher quality content getting lost in the, like Horizon is a good example for me where the best content in those games is the main story and a couple of the choice side quests. Hmm. But I've spent a lot of my time, you know, collecting berries, oh. you know, b- before I get bored. So I think if I was to like have any takeaway from today, it's definitely as you find your, like your time for gaming gets shorter and hmm. if you're playing less, Definitely try to zero in on what you find fun because ultimately for me, Mm. gaming is relaxation. Gaming isn't something that I am here to get anything out of except for enjoyment. So Mm. make sure that you're not kind of falling into the trap of I must do everything this game has to offer and then kind of ruining the fun for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I'll just add to that, not all games have this sort of like balance figured out either some games have too few achievements that completing them can feel like it can feel unfulfilling Mm -hmm. and some games just have way too many achievements that like you know continuing and completing them just feels like an endless meaningless slog so like i I don't think all games have this achievable achievements thing figured out and i would take them with a grain of salt as like this is the thing that i want to do But I think, Jeff, I think you might have the best final thought because I believe that your philosophy with Paradox Games might be one I would like to finish on in terms of finding your own fun. Yeah, there are achievements in the Paradox Games, but oftentimes they're more of a, um, it's like a scaffold of, if you know, you can do this and go this way and it gives you kind of a a route to take. Hmm. But at the same time, it kind of teaches you to do that yourself. So even though there may not be an achievement at the end of it, it, Paradox Games are very much about, of well, okay, this time around, I'm going to sit in this one county for a thousand years. I'm never going to (laughs) move, and I'm going to see how long I can survive as an independent county. Oh, my. You know, and you just, uh, I think they call it playing tall. And it's, with the Paradox Games, you kind of have these, it truly is making your own fun. You know, you start off in England and you say, okay, in 200 years time, I'm going to be in India. I'm going to have, I'm going to have nothing to do with England. I'm going to move my entire realm to India. Mm. And you work out a way of doing that. And most of the time you'll, you will fail. But, but, but the fun. real but fun was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. And the real fun was the leprosy we picked up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, medieval simulators. <laughs> oh, I'm, well, I hope you guys enjoyed that one today. And yeah, me, me, I hope you 100%ed the episode and joined, made it to the end hey. with us. <laughs> We've been Indulgently Minimal. You can find us on Twitter at Indulgently Mini. We're also Indulgently Minimal on Instagram. Any thoughts, comments, questions, shoot us an email at indulgentlyminimal at gmail.com. I've been Moggy and I've been joined by Jeff. Yeah, thanks, guys. Remember to go easy on yourselves. And Murdoch. And remember, folks, indulge a little. Indeed. Thanks a lot, guys. See you for the next one. Bye. See you later. Take care.